Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Work Time Fun Podcast. I'm your co-worker, Al, and let's get started. All right. On this week's podcast episode, we are going to go over the current Obi-Wan Kenobi series, uh, episode three, part three. So if you haven't watched it yet, make sure that you've watched it or tune out to this episode podcast for now and then come back. Or if you feel like, just go ahead and listen on. That's your prerogative. So just be forewarned, we're going to be talking everything about episode three, part three of Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right, let's go. So on this episode, uh, we start off with Obi-Wan and of course Leia. They're both in that uh, cargo freighter ship, whatever it is, that's headed on its way to Mapuzo. Um, they just escaped Dayu, um, getting away from Riva, who was just letting Obi-Wan know that, hey, Anakin is alive, Darth Vader, and he's been searching for him for a long time. And that just freaked Obi-Wan out. I mean, as soon as it came out to the end of that second episode, he was like, Anakin. And then, boom, it just zoomed in into Anakin or Darth Vader's face in the back of the tank. And then so same thing kind of continues on when we get back to this third episode, right? So we got Obi-Wan, you know, right in the beginning, he's he's calling out Master, Master Qui-Gon. He's, he's calling out to his master. So I don't know if he's still working with trying to commune with him after all this time, or has it just started back up after everything that he's learned about? And, you know, especially with Anakin that's on the hunt for him. But definitely because of that, for sure. But just wondering if he, he's had any inkling of Qui-Gon reaching out to him or if he's just just been continuing every so often. Like, you know, when he feels like he's in trouble, like he is now, he tries to reach out to his master and see if he can get some guidance from him. Because, man, he's definitely going to need it after... <laughs> all of this so i mean that kind of begs us a question are we gonna have qui-gon actually show up in the show i mean there's been a lot of interviews out there saying Qui- um, not qui-gon uh liam neeson he said he wouldn't appear on a tv show you know so he probably doesn't want to show up on a you know disney plus or whatever but i mean they could always use his voice and so he said he's like a Liam Neeson himself, I mean, says he's a bit of a snob and he just only wants to be in the movies if he were ever to return to his role as Qui-Gon from Star Wars. So, I mean, that doesn't limit him um, sharing his voice or, you know, with all the technology that Disney has now, I'm sure they could just replicate it with whatever or just use someone who sounds like him, you know, good enough. So that's the thing. I don't know if we're going to have a physical embodiment of Qui-Gon later on. We only have three episodes left, so we'll see. But I think we're finally going to have at least a voice of Qui-Gon reaching back to Obi-Wan. You know, if, if not in the next episode or two, then definitely by the end. So, but yeah, I mean, ever since then, um, back to the episode. <laughs> so Obi-Wan, he's like communing. And then after the fact that Reva told him that, you know, Anakin's alive, he's just suffering through this PTSD of like just... Well, he's really troubled because he's feeling Anakin. He's feeling, he thought Anakin died back in Musfar, back from Revenge of the Sith so long ago. Was it 10 years ago at least? But nope, he's still around and he's pissed. <laughs> so, 
that's cool. The next sequence after that, um, after he's all like, you know, getting troubled by those thoughts, then we get to see a scene of Darth Vader himself, Anakin, whatever it is, in the back of the tank, and then the machine just all putting his his suit, his armor that keeps him alive all together from that tank. And man, looks menacing. Looks fresh too. I mean, it's still early on, so his fresh his suit looks really fresh, fresh in the sense that it looks all nice and clean and like freaking like perfect black. So it's funny. And when he walks, I don't know if it's Anakin in the suit. Probably is. Got like this kind of swagger to him. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny when he sits on his throne and then uh, Riva does a you know a little hologram communication to him. Pretty much he says he doesn't care about and Grand Inquisitor dying. He says, Reva, you know, you find out about Obi-Wan, I'll make you the next Grand Inquisitor. So he's just like, whatever. And it voices off. Or not voices off. I mean they log off. Whatever they do to stop the communication. But the cool thing here is that, okay, uh in the credits we actually do have James Earl Jones credited as the voice of Darth Vader. And Anakin, of course, did credit as the, you know, physical embodiment of Darth Vader. So, a lot of things I've seen online is questioning whether or not it's really James Earl Jones. Because, dude, that guy's 91 years old. So, could you really keep voicing that character at that age? I guess, could, I mean, props to him if he is. Man, he's still working, like, in his 90s. Jeez. So, that's kind of why people question if James Earl Jones is still, you know, really voicing Darth Vader there because dude that guy's old and we kind of know that Disney has a way of um, using technology to bring people back from the dead <laughs> like Grand Moff Tarkin or Princess Leia you know so eh, you know they could probably just uh, sample his voice and then just modulate it to sound like whatever hey whatever gets the job done right right so anyways back to the episode so on back on the cargo ship you know Leia's actually starting to get annoying. She does that typical, are we there yet? Are we there yet? To Obi-Wan. And he's like, yeah. But then she actually poses this question, which I thought was really cool. So I jotted this down. She's like, hey, um, what's the force like? Because, you know, they're talking about it and just wondering. And then Obi-Wan answers, have you ever been afraid of the dark? How does it feel when you turn on the light? And then Leia responds, feel safe. And we want a response like, yeah, it's like that. So pretty cool little discussion there. I mean, yeah, it just shows that, okay, there's a little bit, a uh, little bit of thought about the force from Leia there. So of course, you know, we all know she's also Jedi. So, well, not Jedi, force sensitive, at least not really trained as a Jedi. I don't That's weird. Okay. So did she train early on or? Or is she only trained at the time when after Luke? So, yeah, we'll let Disney figure that whole point out. It's different from canon, right? So, anyways, after landing on Puzo, you know, Obi-Wan and Leia escape that little cargo ship, avoid detection. And then as they're walking in the distance, heading to their destination point, or their, you know, coordinates to meet up with the rendezvous for whoever's going to help them, supposedly, then he has... Obi-Wan, I mean, has a this delusional vision of seeing Anakin out there on the desert. Like, oh man. But it's not him messed up. It's just Anakin hooded in a brown cloak and then just like 
looking at him menacingly. Like, oh man. <laughs> uh, that's a little bit of foreshadow, wouldn't you say? And then so. But after reaching the rendezvous point, you know, Obi-Wan and Leia are like, oh man. Obi-Wan's like, I knew it. This was just all the setup, or it's just they weren't really there to help them. So then Leia's like, hey, alright. Well, if we're not gonna get any help, then let's just try to find our own help. And she flags down this guy that this little kind of alien creature looking thing that's driving this cargo vessel thing on the road. So he flags her down and is like, oh, hey, this is my, I mean, father, no, father. <laughs> and then they pretend to be someone so they can hitch a ride back to the cargo port or whatever it is. And then you get to find out that the alien creature's name is Freck. And yeah, they said, oh yeah, this I'm Luma. And this is, I forgot what Obi-Wan's fake name was, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Actually, a little side note here. Freck is actually voiced by Zach Braff. So that's the actor that's portraying that voice. And not too familiar with Zach Braff. He's the guy from Scrubs and a whole bunch of other movies from a while back. So a little factoid there. All right. So they're in that little cargo transport thing. And along the way, way in the path there, <laughs> Freck actually picks up some stormtroopers that are waiting for their transport. That's been lagging. And... Man, this is some of the <laughs> awesome, uh, let's see, conversations going on here. They're like, oh yeah, stormtroopers are, oh, what you doing? Oh, we're out here searching for a Jedi. Don't worry, we'll find them. <laughs> that's Obi-Wan's right there sitting across from them. Uh, that's some funny stuff. It's kind of like the whole, uh, what's it called? Stormtroopers uh, missing their shots. <laughs> But anyway, they had a close call. I mean, Obi-Wan called um, Leia by her real name instead of Luma. And I guess at some point in the conversation, they talked about their names, although that didn't happen during the whole little clip there. And then they just turned it into something like, oh, that was a mother's name. And, you know, sometimes I forget or Obi-Wan was explaining that. So they got saved a little bit. And eventually they got to their place, got dropped off, and then it was just them. Obi-Wan, Leia, and Freck driving. So as they're driving away, Obi-Wan and Leia keep discussing. And one of the other cool things or interesting things is um, Obi-Wan, he was asked like, okay, uh, well not asked, but it started, Leia and Obi-Wan started talking about, uh, I guess, families or stuff like that. And then we get to find out that Obi-Wan barely remembers his family because he was taken away as a young child to train as a Jedi. But from what he could remember is, you know, as a mother, as a father, and apparently he even has a baby brother because that's what he remembers before he was, you know, whisked away to Jedi training. Freck eventually gets to a checkpoint and he stops. He's like, all right, let me go talk to these guys real quick. And he motions to the stormtrooper guard there saying, hey man, I don't know about these two passengers. You gotta go check them out. And then so the, one of the ten, uh, stormtroopers goes to the back and then orders them off the, the back. And then he asks Obi-Wan to open his hood to show his face to the probe droid that the stormtrooper called out. And of course, he can't do that. Otherwise, he's going to be detected. And then boom. And lo and behold, yeah, I thought it was going to take out his lightsaber, honestly. But then she got Obi-Wan. There you go again, using that blaster that he has. Blasted droid, blasted all the troopers. I was like... Man, he's pretty good with this thing by now. I guess he must have been practicing more with lights or with a pistol than he was with a lightsaber, which we'll come back to again later. But yeah, so 
uh, Obi-Wan's able to gun all the stormtroopers down. And that awesome thing, that was awesome, but kind of not gory. So one of the stormtrooper guards that was like on a high post, he fell down. And as he fell down onto the laser beam post thing or laser fence, he got sliced in half. Oh, man, that's that's pretty gnarly for uh, what was aired on a streaming TV show kind of deal. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool scene there. Just as we think that Obi-Wan and Leia are able to escape, and another set of stormtroopers reaches them just as they're getting past that gate. And then, oh man, get caught again. And then uh, saw the stormtroopers walk out and force them down. So they stop, get on their knees, face down. And then you see this Imperial officer coming from the back. And then as off screen, you hear blaster shots. And you see that the Imperial officer actually saves them. And turns out to be that she's like this, uh, not really freedom fighter, but she's part of the rebel cause. Uh, her name's Tala. Actually, she's played by, uh, I forgot her name, but interesting factoid for you out there. She was in uh, Game of Thrones. She played one of the Sand Sisters, who was also uh, with the actor for The Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal, because he was in Game of Thrones as one of those characters there. And they actually played a sibling. Well, a little bit complicated story there. But anyways, yeah, there's a little connection there. They're both in Game of Thrones characters on there, and now they're in Star Wars. Awesome, huh? But anyways, Tal's this officer. She she joined, um, you know, the Imperial Army, thinking that you know they're there for a good cause. But then soon found out that not so much. And so ever since then, she's been, I guess, trying to help people because especially Jedi's after everything that happened. And so they've created this kind of network. Uh, what they call it, the Path is what they call it, and it's a path that they used to help Jedi or Force-sensitive people to get through and get away from all those Imperial troopers and everyone that's hunting them down. I guess especially the Inquisitors, huh? Right, so while Tall, Obi-Wan, and Leia are hiding in this kind of building t tunnel kind of thing, uh, Obi-Wan looks at these markings on the wall and notices a name, uh, Quinlan. So, I'm not so much sure if there's any significance to that. I know he's a like minor character in some, like, I think, Rebels or I think Clone... Was it Clone Wars or Rebels? Whichever one, you know, he was, I guess, friends with Obi-Wan. I'm not sure if they're going to pay it off later. So, yeah, minor character, so whichever. We'll see. Just something to note because he said it, so it must have some importance or some significance later on. You know, some wild theories out there. Oh, maybe Quinlan's the one that saved Grogu, you know, from Mandalorian <laughs> escaping Order 66. All right, so as tall Obi-Wan and Leia are all bound or ready to escape because apparently uh, they've been stormtroopers or Imperial forces have been alerted to them being in the area, you know, in their presence. And so they're like, okay, you gotta escape. But just as soon as they're about to, you know, the Inquisitors stop into the town and you see them and then they're waiting, like they're waiting for what? And all of a sudden you see Darth Vader walking through the town and you're like, holy crap. But then there's this moment while Obi-Wan is like looking through the cracks in the, the door, you know, the window slits. And he's like, he sees him. He's like, oh my God, you know, just thinking he didn't say anything. But when he sees him, Anakin, Darth Vader, I mean, you know, he senses that presence. He senses that force of maybe he doesn't know it's Obi-Wan or maybe he does. But as soon as he does, he, he stops. 
he notices that he's Vader doesn't talk or anything. He doesn't say anything. He just walks and all of a sudden he stops. And then when he stops, you know, his whole demeanor changes. Like he goes t towards this one of these buildings and he just force pulls this guy out. And then the son comes out. I was like, no, dad, father, whatever. And then Vader also turns to his son, grabs him and like force snaps his neck. Cause, oh, man. And then just as he keeps walking down, he's Obi-Wan's watching, you know, terror and everyone else there. And then and Darth Vader, he like drags this other person, I think it's lady, and it just drags him to the ground and just like, oh man, the terror. And then Anakin, is just, I keep saying Anakin, it's Darth Vader. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, he's terrorizing them. I'm sure he's doing that so that he can like kind of lure Obi-Wan out, you know? If he does all this to all these people, he knows he's forcing Obi-Wan's hand to come out and face him. And sure enough, it is because Obi-Wan tells Tala and Leia, hey, you two escape. I'm going to go stall them so that you guys can get away. I'll be right there. Of course, you know, whenever someone says that, they know that it's not happening. All right. So as Tala and Leia are escaping and then Leia senses like, oh, there's fear. You got to help Obi-Wan. She's telling Tala, you got to go back and help Obi-Wan. And we'll get back to that in a bit. And then so we cut back to Obi-Wan. And he's running around in like these kind of, I don't know, was it sand mining pits? It's a mining planet, so I guess it's mining pits. And then out of the darkness, you see the red lightsaber ignite. Oh man! Just, and then they finally face each other after all this time. And then, man, Obi Wan's like, "Oh, what have you become?" And Darth Vader responds, "I've become what you've made me." You know, like, oh man. It's nuts. And then there's a moment there where you think that, oh, he's going to ignite his lightsaber and going to have this battle. But, uh, oh, <laughs> Obi-Wan runs away. <laughs> I think there's some people who are upset about how Obi-Wan was handling the situation. But you also got to remember, Obi-Wan at this moment in time is also stalling for Leia and Tala to escape. So his intention is not to stop Vader, to defeat him. Even, you know, he probably thinks he even can't because it's just been so long since he's, you know, practiced the Jedi way. Like, remember from the previous episode, how long it took him to to stop Leia from falling down. You know, he had to use everything he's got to just remember to use his force powers just for that. And then him to go face against Darth Vader, who's just been pent up in anger and revenge as a Sith. Oh, man. Yeah. Obi-Wan's over. And then... That's basically what happens as they get closer and closer, like in their, you know, confrontations, Darth Vader catches up to him and just totally wrecks Obi-Wan. Like, holy crap, he totally wrecks Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is just like a rag doll. <laughs> and Darth Vader is just a puppeteer, just like, all right, I'll make you do this, make you do that. Freaking lights up the ground with fire and then drags Obi-Wan through the fire to make him burn like Anakin was burned in Mustafar. And oh man. So, and then we'll get back to the part where in the tunnel. So, Tala, uh, apparently she just runs back through the tunnel and never runs into Riva. Oh yeah, all this before while it's happening. Riva, um, I guess, finds the tunnel where the um, Tala and Leia escape from and somehow catches up to where Leia was supposed to meet up with the pilot or whoever was going to help them escape. C 
kills him and is waiting there for, for Leia. But then at the same time, Atala, she escapes somewhere and she's able to blast a stormtrooper that was about to get Obi-Wan. That was just like, you know, decimated, you know, just destroyed, like, well, not destroyed. He was just freaking just wrecked by Darth Vader. So he's laying there on the ground and then Darth Vader's like, go fetch him, you know, basically. But then before that happens, then uh, Tala's up on the hill and blasts a stormtrooper. And then in the ensuing chaos, she also shoots this like, I guess that other machine or fire thing that creates like, just fire, this flame that just kind of um, makes a barrier between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader and the troopers there. And it's like, what's happening at this point where Darth Vader just looks, he could have easily gone across. He could have easily used force to just get him, but he doesn't. Yeah, think about that for a second there. Why doesn't Darth Vader pursue Obi-Wan? Why doesn't he capture him when he so easily could have? You're just pondering why. But then at this moment in time, you kind of see that Darth Vader totally has the upper hand. He just, he could do whatever he wants. And so if he was able to catch Obi-Wan here using his Grand Inquisitor or his Inquisitors, I'm sure he knows he could find him again. So he has no worries. And maybe he wants Obi-Wan to actually be somewhat of a force to, to deal with and not just this flimsy thing. Otherwise, there's, there's no point for him. There's no challenge. You know, he could have just easily let Reva or Fifth Brother or whoever just you know, handle Obi-Wan because he's just that weak at this time or at this moment. And maybe that might be why. Maybe he's just savoring this moment letting, you know what? I just let Obi-Wan know that I'm here. Know that I'm searching for him. Know that I'm a force to reckon with. And let him come to try to get me. And I will destroy him again. And yeah, that that's my thought about it. Because there's no other reason. I mean, because <laughs> we all know Darth Vader could have easily just taken him from that spot. And instead of letting him escape with you know, robot thing. But then also, you gotta think about at the end also, you see Leia, she's being, she's pretty much gonna get captured by Reva. So I did it a whole like running away kind of <laughs> funny thing. Oh no, another chase scene with Leia, you know, running away from a Jedi, running away from a Sith. <laughs> but yeah, I think we're gonna get um, a reason for Obi-Wan having to face Anakin, Darth Vader again, and all the Inquisitors, because of course they have Leia. So he's going to have to. There's no other way around it. All right. And that's basically how that episode ends. And this is towards the end of uh, my discussion about it. I mean, there's a lot of things you could talk about here. A lot of theory, theorizing, crafting, and whatever discussions that can happen. But, you know, that's for everyone else to decide here. And I'm definitely going to be talking about this with my friends and <laughs> some of other fans and people who've been watching. Because, man, I don't know. I feel like this could easily divide some people um, because, you know, they're going to think, oh, man, Darth Vader, he's not all that bad. Come on, could have done a lot worse. Eh, yeah, he could have. And then there's other people who's like, okay, you know, I'm just toying with Obi-Wan. He knows he can get him, so he can get him later on. You know, I'm kind of more in that camp myself because, yeah, I mean, what other way could you explain all that? Yeah, that's it. So... 
yeah that's my take on obi-wan kenobi episode three part three so i can't wait for the next uh episode and also all the things that are coming out i might as well mention that we're gonna get ms marvel kamala khan this wednesday uh that's gonna be premiering on top of the uh obi-wan series <laughs> so we got star wars we got marvel and if you guys are fans i know i'm fan of uh the boys which is on amazon prime holy moly those first three episodes crazy man so i mean a little bit of a graphic uh show but hey if you can watch it do it totally worth it it's a good refresher from all the superhero stuff get some see some super villain kind of stuff so yeah all right all that does it for me for this podcast episode and so i hope you all enjoyed listening to this podcast i hope you all enjoyed listening to me so until next time have a fantastic day